Sean Dizzle. Mikey Hizzle. Yeah. Uh, happy spooky day. Spooky. Mm, ghost stories. I want to suck your blood. <laughs> Not really. That's nasty. Yeah. I don't want that COVID. Don't want that HIV, homie. Drinking blood, getting them AIDS viruses. You don't need nothing like that. Well, it's a beautiful day to be recording. (laughs) (laughs) For (laughs) what? Yeah. And uh, I'm working on my own feel-good story right here. I can see that. And uh, to that, I'll say happy recording day. Happy recording day, my friend. This is a Halloween edition of the Unchurched Podcast. Your hosts, Michael and Sean, welcome you to sit in on the conversation as they question serious things about church, life, and religion. Pour your drink, kick your feet up, and let's get started with the show. So, um, a whole lot been going on, and per usual, uh, you were gone all week. I was home all week. Wife's in nesting mode, which means I'm in work mode. Honey-do list is as long as my, uh, <coughs> arm, both my arms <laughs> spread out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your your arms. That's what you were gonna say. <laughs> You're so nasty. Uh, yeah. So, uh, get Micah's room cleared out. Everything except for the bed. I got to take the bed down tomorrow, uh, and then start painting. I had to fix some holes in the walls first. I had this canister of like uh spackle uh, and I need to fill all the you know nail holes and stuff before I paint and um I can't find it. I tore up the house, all three floors, tore up the garage looking for it, can't find it, so it means I gotta run to the store, and I thought I had all the paint supplies I needed. I've got no tray liners for the for the uh for the pan. So I'm working on it. And now when you guys come in town, you guys will have a nice pull out couch to sleep on instead of a nice comfy queen size bed. Dude, I could sleep downstairs on that couch in the basement. Yeah. 
I think I house sat for you guys a while, well, a long time ago now, and that's pretty much where I slept. <laughs> yeah. Well, you ain't doing that with a wife. <laughs> you she never know. Try to sleep on that. You know what I'm saying? She might be like, you smell bad. <laughs> no, we're going to we're gonna get a nice, really comfy couch with a nice uh, um, mattress pad to put on top of it so it's extra comfortable. Deck it out with luscious pillows, spray perfume in the air for you to get your pheromones going. The lushest of pillows. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so my man cave now becomes the guest bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, I'm down for that. (laughs) I bet, yeah. You'll wake up and all the booze is gone. Got a record player, booze, TV, PlayStation. Yep. I can work out, do laundry. Yep. All in the privacy of my man cave. And then I'll feel bad about going down there to grab a drink. So I have to ask you to go to your room to grab it. It's going to be real fun. Is everyone clothed out there? <laughs> Y'all decent. Come on, man. Cover that shit up. I need a drink. We're going to come stay with you guys, and it's just going to be like us in the basement the whole time. <laughs> calling up, hey, Michael, you're out of booze, bro. <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of stuff down there to keep everybody entertained. That's for sure. Grab a pizza when you're out, too. <laughs> uh, Yeah. Yeah. So, Mike is not 100% thrilled about giving up his bedroom to his little sister, but his choice was, I'll change around Max's room so he can sleep with Max. He's like, Dad, I don't want to share anything with my little brother. I'm like, okay, fine. Message received, loud and clear. So... Gotta make this stuff work, man, given the fact that the house ain't getting any bigger. <laughs> Instead of that add-on porch you were talking about, you're going to be adding on a little building out there by the garage, a little studio. <laughs> a little guest house. <laughs> Separate man cave. <laughs> yeah, just might have to. So we'll work it out. It'll be fun. So in the spring, I am, I'm working on getting that pad done in the spring. That'll be, uh, my gift to myself, my baby gift to myself. So I hope you don't hear that. All these text messages keep coming in. And for some reason, I still got my phone on loud. I can't hear it. Good. So what's going on, man? Happy Halloween. Did you guys dress up? Peanut butter and jelly, maybe? No. Didn't dress up at all. No. We were traveling back home um, in the evening slash night, so I don't even know if we had trick-or-treaters, but Mm. we weren't home, so 
either way. Didn't matter. Well, we had plenty. We had plenty of uh, trick-or-treaters. And once again, we were one of the last houses that still had their lights on. Eventually, we both just kind of got tired and just said, forget it, because the kids were coming so infrequently. Yeah. Um, as it got closer to 8 o'clock, everybody was pretty much done. And so... Uh, hey, man, it's cool you had kids. Yeah, well, we had two, two and a half bags of candy that never got used. So... Oh, it was, will. It, oh, yeah, it will, for sure. <laughs> I was coming down here to record, and my wife was still playing around on her computer upstairs and this giant pile of candy wrappers in front of her so this is great (laughs) (laughs) this is great it'll get eaten no doubt about it she feeding too bro Mm -hmm. go ahead get that new baby hooked on candy already get that sugar addiction going so Yeah, we didn't dress up at all. Max was a little construction worker. Which was cute. He's got this little yellow hard hat. I think I sent you a picture (laughs) of it the first time he put on the outfit. Got a little belt that goes around his waist that holds a little plastic saw and a hammer and a screwdriver. The cutest thing in the world. Um... But he, you know, he will only wear that hat for a little bit. Then he's throwing it down. Then he started using the hat as a step stool and cracked it right down the middle, standing on top of it. So pure boy all the way. (laughs) Standing on the hat, bracing himself on the couch, and he's like laughing. And then all you hear is crack. So... This costume is done. Halloween is over. Halloween is over. Yep. It's all done. And here we are putting on a Halloween episode. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's one of my favorite holidays. I think yours too, right? I like think you love this holiday. I do. I mean, I'm not like, Someone who has all the weird crap in their yard or anything, but yeah, I like the spooky and the chilly and the let's have a fire and make a s'more and turn on some purple and orange lights and watch some Michael Myers. Heck yeah. There's one thing we haven't gotten into. My wife doesn't like scary movies like that. And, And to be honest with you, it's not just her. I'm not a big fan of scary movies either. Uh, the old classics to me are kind of funny, you know, as an adult looking back at them now, it's like, dude, the (laughs) special effects are just terrible. You know, (laughs) (laughs) the stuff that we thought were so scary as kids are now just laughable. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was, uh, (laughs) I was, I was watching, uh, watching the games. 
And like I saw one of the commercials uh, that came on the TV had Beetlejuice on there. And I'm like, holy shit, there's Beetlejuice. I totally forgot about it. I totally forgot about them. That was one of my favorite movies growing up, watching on Halloween. Don't say it yeah, three times. He'll show up. I didn't see that playing anywhere this year. No, I looked for it, and everywhere I looked, they either didn't have it streaming anywhere, or you had to rent it. So, I was like, well, forget it. I'll wait until the week after. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't paying to see that. Ain't paying to see that jazz. Then we tried to watch um, Adam's Family, the first one, you know. Well, not the first one. Because, you know, Adam's Family goes all the way back, way back to black and white films. But we tried to watch the one that had... uh, was his name something Lloyd, Christopher Lloyd in it? That one when he was Uncle Fester? Mm-hmm. Yeah, tried to watch that one. And um, she was just bored. She didn't like it. And I'm like, how do you not like the Addams Family? That, like, there's nothing more Halloween classic for an 80s kid <laughs> than Addams Family. You know, Morticia, her pale, gorgeous ass. <laughs> you know, the little girl was, <laughs> she's walking by the kitchen table and with a big butcher's knife in her hand, going to torture her brother. <laughs> and Morticia looks at her and says, Is that for your brother? She says, Yes. You know, straight face, yes. She said, now, now, now. She takes the butcher knife from her and then gives her this huge machete. It says, now, isn't this better? (laughs) (laughs) It's just such a freaky movie where the abnormal is normal. And uh, I think just encompasses all of what Halloween is all about. At least for me as an 80s kid, I loved it. I agree, man. I think that's why I've kind of, over the years, really started enjoying Halloween in a different way and just leaning a little into the, uh, I guess, mystical and creepy stuff, you know? Like, how creepy do you go? I mean, how creepy you want to get? I don't know. I'm just <laughs> creepy, not kinky, Sean. I'm just saying, like, this is the the one time of the year where it's socially acceptable to be into morbid stuff. <laughs> you know, like That's if you're doing this sure. in like March, it's kind of like you fucked up. What's wrong? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Yeah. So yeah, you know, let's watch some scary stuff. I watched uh, a couple things I just never really, I guess, was privy to growing up as a kid, or you know, never watched as a early adult. And uh, 
it's not even scary. It's just like, it's fun to watch, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, Take I, I your was... mind off right before you go to bed. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or, uh, get you freaked out before you go to bed. See, that's the thing. It really, it really doesn't freak me out too much. No. Like I can watch it and go straight to bed. Yeah, me too. Unless it's like Ugh. stuff with like exorcisms and all that. That's a little too like real to me. <laughs> sure. And I ain't trying. That's like a Ouija board. I ain't trying to fuck with that. Yeah. But murder, death, kill, blood, gore. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because that I know is 100% just reenacted sure but if i went and got a ouija board tonight and started talking to it i i ain't opening that door to be all all christianese right and i really do mean that i'm not opening that door that door is gonna stay shut (laughs) oh i get that i get bound by the blood of the lord (laughs) and i'm not I'm not making fun of that. I'm being like serious. I, there's some shit there, man. No doubt. Now, so we've talked about this before that whole Ouija board shit and tarot cards and just opening yourself up to all this type of spiritism that's not cool. So you got to draw the line somewhere, right? And I get that. Um, I get that. I'm fortunate, you know, my parents didn't keep us away from Halloween, even though we went, we grew up in church where, you know, they, they preached like this is the devil's holiday. You don't celebrate this. We're God's people. We're royal peace, priesthood, peacehood. We're royal priesthood, you know, peculiar people. We're set apart, you know, we're in the world, but not of it. And all that's all that jazz, right? Um, but in reality, it's like, dude, man, kids don't look at it that way. Kids are looking at free candy mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> and dressing up, being something you're usually not. Yeah, fun. Up, being a princess, being a butterfly, being a superhero, you know, you don't have to construction worker who or a breaks construction his helmet. Worker. <laughs> <laughs> it was an on-the-job accident. That's why he cracked. Gets a handful <laughs> of Hershey's kisses just for being like trick or treat. Get this. Apparently, you know. So Max is in daycare now, Thursdays and Fridays, and uh, apparently they've been giving him candy, chocolates, and all this shit. He came home uh, Friday. And of course, you know, we had candy open. And so he starts digging in the candy bowl and he's looking for one thing and one thing only. He wants a Snickers bar. He's looking at all this candy. He's just moving it around. Nah, no, no. <laughs> and, and so he's being in daycare. He's learned to say, no, 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 no. So that's his new thing. Mm. Max, do you want this? No, 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 no. It's like it sounds like a you know, an old grandma. No, 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 no. He pull out a Snickers bar and he's like, "Yeah." 
He knows what he likes. <laughs> say, All right, What's that nougaty goodness? <laughs> so you got to say, please, peas. You know, and he gives you this big smile and he starts dancing side to side and stomping his feet. Please. And then he just knocks it give down. Give him four. Yeah, give him four? Yeah, because he's cute and dancing. You're like, fuck it, here. Yeah, well, just eat them all. No, one's enough. And, you know, I'm the sucker <laughs> last night. You know, it's dinner time. Well, it's after dinner and it's like time to put him down to bed. And sure as shit, he goes up to the bowl, wants the Snickers, says, peace. And I give him one. Wife looks at me like, oh, yeah, leave it to daddy to give you candy right before you go to bed. And I'm like, shit, I'm not even thinking about that. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, he's hopped up on sugar just in the bed, kicking the bed, you know. Screaming, talking, laughing, having fun. It took him a little extra time to fall asleep because of that Snickers bar. But in my opinion, that's what it's about. That's what it should be about, you know? Blame it on the Snickers bar, not daddy's negligence. (laughs) (laughs) It's not negligence, it's enabling. So... You know what's funny going back to the whole churchy thing mm. about Halloween and being the devil's holiday or whatever. I mean, when you literally research All Hallows Eve, <clears throat> it it could not be anything further from demonic. <laughs> yeah. How so? I mean, we've talked about this probably every Halloween, but because it's it originated as Farmers giving thanks, they would burn crops as a sacrifice for their yield that year, and in the hopes that it would bless their next harvest. Mm-hmm. No spiritual, no demon, no blood sucking, you know, nothing evil in that. And I'm I'm bringing it up again because I think it is so funny. Like I grew up in church, obviously as well, under the same kind of thought process being, you know, put in my head. Like it's Satan's birthday, or it's you know this is, this is a holiday that, yeah, we'll go trick or treat, but you know Jesus because you know demons are bad and. It's like, I mean, I guess some of that is innocent, but I think some of it is just ignorant, you know? Yeah. So I just, it's kind of funny now being older. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, cause I still know people who are like, well, I don't, I don't do anything for Halloween. I don't celebrate it. It's evil. It's bad. And it's like, it's not bad. It's not evil. I mean, you can make it evil. Sure. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. To each their own, I suppose. I just think it's one of those funny things that was originated in a heartfelt, innocent, grateful thing about 
farmers. <laughs> At least from what I've read. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. No, no. Yeah, I mean that's that's part of the story. Yes, that's part of the story. There's a lot more into it. I mean, because everything that we do on this holiday is super symbolic to that goes back thousands of years. Um, but yeah, it goes back to the uh, Celts and um, and Halloween. Or All Hallows Eve, or whatever, however you want to say it. Um, November 1st was their new year, so uh, October 31st was the night before the new year. And uh, they believed that, yes, it had a lot to do with their crops and everything. The fact of, you know, the, the fall harvest, it's the end of the fall harvest. And the beginning of the winter months, where all the crops would begin to die, and yes, they would do big bonfires and everything, just like you said. Um, but part of the reasons why they would dress up in costumes and stuff like that was because they believed that on that day, on the thirty-first of October, that's when the veil between the living and the dead was its thinnest. And ghosts would walk the earth and to protect themselves, they would, and to protect their crops and, you know, whatever, ensure a good harvest for the next year, the next season. They would dress up and it would almost be like protecting them from the ghosts because they would dress up like ghosts and goblins and stuff like that. Say like, hey, I'm one of you. Don't kill me. That type of deal was also part of it. Um, and then, you know, as it's evolved into like trick-or-treating and carving jack-o'-lanterns and stuff like that, all of that stuff has meaning that goes back a couple thousand years as well. Just traditions that we, that we've, uh, those lines have been blurred as to the original origins of them because the stories just aren't being told like they used to be. But, yeah, it's a whole lot of stuff that goes into it. And, of course, who has their hand in it all? Those damn Catholics. <laughs> right? So. Nice segue. To, uh, <laughs> to fight against. <laughs> it, I mean, just like, so... Uh, all the stuff that we celebrate in the church today originated as pagan holidays. And we've talked about this before, but I guess it stands to be a reminder. Everything that we celebrate in the Christian church today that are holy holidays for us as Christians, as New Testament Christians, were all instituted by the Roman Catholic Church as a diversion from the previously held pagan holidays that existed. So, I mean, you name the holiday. So, Halloween, All Hallows' Eve, got turned into All Saints' Day because they wanted to give a Christian bent to it. You got Easter, 
which was a pagan holiday uh, celebrating the pagan god Esther, Easter, however you want to say her name. Uh, that happened around the time of the Passover. And so even as Christians today, we don't say that we're celebrating the Passover, which in actuality is what we actually are celebrating when we celebrate Easter. But the original holiday is Passover from, uh, from the Jewish tradition. But there was also a pagan tradition that happened at the same time that celebrated Easter. And so the Christian church changed the name from Passover to Easter. Valentine's Day was all about St. Valentine. You got Christmas that was about, what was the original name of the guy? Bigfoot. (laughs) St. Nick. (laughs) St. Nicholas (laughs) but all of that was in response to the pagan holiday uh, where they you know again it was all about spirits and uh, warding off the the dead putting gifts under trees and stuff like that all of that was has its origins in paganism not in Christianity but to try to convert the pagans they said, oh, yeah, you know, your tradition, your pagan tradition around the trees and everything is actually fulfilled in Jesus. This is Jesus's birthday. And of course, we all know that Christmas is not Jesus's birthday. But that's what the Roman Catholic Church decided to say and institute in order to win over the pagans of their day. So, you know, all of it has its origins in, in paganism. The fucking wedding ring that we wear on our left hand, on our ring finger. That's all pagan. Earrings and all this shit. It's all pagan. Which neither one of us are wearing at the moment. Because hmm. we single and ready to mingle. <laughs> I'm riding solo. I'm riding solo. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, it, it shit like that. You just... So, I guess my point is that, like, with this whole Halloween thing and all of its, you know, um, all of the apprehensions that we're taught in the church regarding the day, just got to study a little bit deeper and just read a little bit deeper. I'm trying to teach Micah to do the same thing. I'm like, dude, you always got to, you know, smart people ask questions. The way you learn is that you question everything. Anything that's serious, anything that you're being taught, question it. Look a little bit deeper. You'll find that a lot of it has roots in tradition that are completely old and dead. Stuff that most people don't ever remember anymore. And um, and it's a bunch of hogwash as it applies to today because the meaning is completely washed out. So you got to be willing to challenge serious things. That way you really determine what you really want to believe and and how you really want to live your life. But as long as you just go by somebody's mandate of what something is or should be. Without questioning deeper. You're just going to be part of the sheep. That just follows blindly. And just goes off of whatever the news tells you. You can't live like that. It's not the right way to live. So. Word. 
Until that end, I told him how fake COVID was. I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, No, we talked a little bit about everything, but it should have been a podcast, just me and him. Just talking real stuff. Should have been. Like, dude, what are are your teachers telling you about this stuff? Like, I want to know. Because he goes to a Christian private school, you know? And they're very strict on some things and very loose on other things. And he lives in Trump country, part of Michigan, for sure. Well, in an effort not to continue down that conversation. Save me, brother. Save me. Sounds about to go hard. I like. So we wanted to talk about Luther. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And (laughs) his 95 thesis. And, you know, I was. Before this, we were kind of going over a few of it, or a few of them, or whatever, and there's like seven or eight of them where he's just asking questions, and they're very pinned questions, Mm -hmm. and it's that type of question that basically, I forget how to word this, but when you ask a question and it's basically rhetorical because the one asking the question is basically telling you the answer in the question, but also questioning it because he's got the balls to. And I love that about this man. And I guess that's a rough Sean synopsis of what he did. Yeah. And it's been a very long time since I have looked, I don't want to say studied because that means that, you know, I took a lot of time going over this, which I didn't, but it's been a long time since I've read this and thought about it. So me too. Me too. I'm definitely interested in, kind of just glancing and talking about it right now for a few minutes with you. Oh, and because brother, thank you. I feel like one of his mantras is kind of what we do on this podcast where we ask questions and we think, and we struggle and we want to debate. And not just be told what to do because of one person or a group of people, you know, like, let's get a little messy here. Let's Let's get messy. Let's get a little uncomfortable. Like, let's do it. So how about, how about we start with the reason why he went up to the, uh, To the uh, door of the church, yeah, the door of the church, and nailed this on there. Personally, I think he was bored. (laughs) 
Uh, Monday Night Football wasn't on yet, and he was like, you got to do something. It just wasn't a thing, was it? Monday Night Football (laughs) was not a thing. They weren't even playing soccer back then. It sucked. Um, Yeah, so the Pope was doing some strange shit, right? Trying to... The Catholic Church was, the Roman Catholic Church was trying to get some money together so that they can build. What were they trying to build? I can't remember exactly. Because I haven't looked at this in a while (laughs) either. I Um, have not either. They were, they were, this is in Germany, Wittenberg, Germany, which I have a buddy of mine whose last name is Wittenberg. His family's from over there. Um, I, I, they were trying to put some money together to build a new temple or something like that, right? I can't remember exactly what it was. I'm trying to build a church. Well, the anyway, basic, I, the I basic thing is the maybe not the reason why, but what and the Pope is <clears throat> you could basically buy your repentance which were called indulgences, right? Yes. Cuz it escapes me as well, which we can look it up, but here it is. I just looked it up. So a friar name Johann Tetzel of course, it was a friar named Titzel. <laughs> Decided to sell indulgences in 1517 to pay for renovating Rome's St. Peter's Basilica. Luther and others had enough at this point and decided something had to be done. So, because they wanted to, they were selling indulgences in order to pay for renovations to the basilica. St. Peter's Basilica, they decided, you know, we get, we got to we got to debate about this. We got to talk about this. So that was the catalyst right there. On top of all the other stuff that uh, the Catholic Church was teaching during that time. So that's where it all starts. And to be honest with you, just using that, well, not just the false doctrines that they were teaching, but the asking for money part or letting people pay for, you know. It, so, first of all, help me out here. Help me describe what we mean by indulgences or what he meant by indulgences in the 1500s. Uh, to me? Yes. And what I remember? <clears throat> It was basically, correct me if I'm wrong, but you could, you could either pay for your own repentance or a loved ones who may or may not be in purgatory for them to actually get into heaven somehow because you're giving the Pope money. Right. Right, 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 right. 
So I, I, I asked you to go first because I was trying to remember that purgatory part. I could not for the life of me remember it. It's the purgatory thing. That was a big thing. You're absolutely right. And for those who don't know, purgatory is that place, that uh, waiting place, if you will. Uh, I'm, I'm putting my fingers up for air quotes. I know you guys can't see us, but we can see each other. Um, uh, purgatory was that place of limbo, if you will, between heaven and hell. Where so the you ghostly die. ghouls live. Yeah, you go to purgatory. <clears throat> and, yeah, and when ghosts and ghouls and goblins and stuff like that are uh, coming back to the earth, they're coming out of the purgatory. wandering spirits. Wandering spirits. That whole concept that is not necessarily biblical by any means. Uh, you won't find the word purgatory in scripture anywhere. Uh, that being said, I mean, you. <laughs> the Catholic Church has, you know, I think nine, nine different books that, you know, weren't sanctioned by the King James Version. For those who don't know, yeah, there's a bunch of different Bible versions out there. And when you start going back to the 1400s, 1500s, even before that, when all of these different books of the Bible were starting to be compiled, the Catholic Church adopted uh, several books that were not considered canon. Um, and what I mean by that is that there was a council of priests and bishops and stuff like that, uh, high power people, scribes and Pharisees, that came together to determine what would go into the culmination of what would be considered as God's word, the Holy Bible that was instituted. Um, so you got this council of wise men that have come together and they settled on 66 books. And these were 66 distinct books that had been collected from all over the world um, that were considered to be inspired by God. I keep putting my fingers up here as if people are looking at me talking. Sean, you're looking at me. Um, I'm actually reading. So there's 66 inspired <laughs> books. My point is, is that, um, just to cut that explanation short, my point is that the Catholic Church has extra books that are considered to be extra biblical, that are not considered to be part of the canon of accepted um, books that are inspired by God. As a result, the Catholic Church has some doctrines and teachings that are quite different from the modern Christian church of today. The church of today that uses primarily the King James Version of the Bible as the infallible Word of God. They have things in there that are completely different, such as praying to Mary or praying to the saints. These things are considered to be extra-biblical. Um, and so, and, and therefore uninspired by God. Um, the Enoch. Yeah, and, and so I guess let me say that even though 
these books are not considered canon or inspired by God, they were still written around the same time, and therefore they hold a lot of history in those books that, you know, encompass a lot of what happened during that day, you know, way back then, talking 6,000 years back. Um, those books still contain a lot of history that's actually true. So that's a great debate amongst theologians, but you know, my point is, is that Martin Luther and a bunch of other, um, priests and, uh, you know, religious leaders at that time were really fighting against the Catholic church with a lot of their doctrine, um, that they were trying to push. And the whole culmination of this 95 thesis was you can pay for indulgences. And, and I guess from my point of view, um, since it's my turn, is that the indulgences have to do with paying for your sins, which is an extra biblical concept. And what they would do is they, they would say, well, if you are having an affair on your wife, You can give the church this amount of money and X amount of money to go towards our remodeling of St. Peter's Basilica and you'll be pardoned of your sin. Or like Sean was saying, you have someone that you believe is in purgatory, someone who's died recently and they're in limbo. You can help pay their way into heaven if you give X amount of dollars to the church again to help us remodel St. Peter's Basilica and you can help get that person from purgatory to heaven but the whole point of it is you're, tra- you're sacrificing air quotes for your own remorse of falling short of something aka sinning so instead Absolutely. of Christ being well more importantly Christ's blood being shed I mean the whole story the whole death and resurrection of Christ is basically being bastardized and shit on because well I mean all you really got to do is you give us money and we'll take care of it for you which honestly to me thinking about it now is not too far from what Catholics still do with Hail Marys go into a confessional booth Yes. You say, hey, I lusted after this woman. I gave her my number. She called me. We hooked up. I want, this is my confession. Please forgive me. And then the the guy on the other side of the booth, okay, say five Hail Marys. Give me 400 bucks. You don't got to worry about it anymore. So there's no longer a need for Christ 
basically, because these Still guys the are mafia style. Like, hey, I'm going to take care of the thing. All right. I know a guy. All right. You Let do me something do for with me, it. I do something for you. you know? <laughs> and I, here I you got you Luther. You do me a favor. Who's you like. Don't owe me a favor today, but I might call upon you for a favor later on. And when I call you, when I ring your phone, you, you answer my call, huh? Yeah. Some mafia type crap. And then Luther's over here like, wait a minute. What's going on here? Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I, you're, you're right in the fact that a lot of the practices are still going on today, namely the confessional. But uh, the, the other thing with this is that there, there, there's this huge debate. And I think the, the most important thing, I guess, um, the most important thing was that salvation is a result of grace through faith, right? Ephesians chapter two, verses eight and nine. For by Out grace are you saved through faith, lest any man should boast. Exactly. Not of works, which is any man should boast. If you want to get street terms about it, God saying, "Listen, bitch, my son did all the motherfucking shit. You ain't do nothing." I made it easy for you. <laughs> right. They just believe in him. Right. Whose name you gonna given. who's gonna who who whose name you gonna you gonna tell people about? Yours? <laughs> nah. St. Peter's? Nah. Mine. Yeah, exactly. You will never be able to say that God owes you anything. That is the uh that is the um if God owes you anything, then he's not God. Right. Um, so, so, so Martin Luther's thing, he agreed with, um, the, the philosopher Augustine who basically they, they went off of that verse of Ephesians two, eight and nine, uh, by grace, you're saved through faith. It's the gift of God, you know, not of works, lest any man should boast like salvation is a gift. If it was works oriented then you would be owed a wage which is salvation for that work um but the 613 laws of the old covenant um not only testifies of the perfection of god but also ensures that as a result of us being born in sin we will never be able to keep them all in order to gain our salvation and according to john the apostle he says when you have offended God in one point of the law, you're guilty of the whole thing. That's God's standard. Uh, 613 laws, you keep them all, that's perfection. You fail at one law, you're guilty of the entire 613 laws. So therefore, you're imperfect. So out of his perfection, he's granted his son to die for our sins. His son who lived a perfect, sinless life on this earth for 33 years. He's the one that grants us grace, right? John, the, um, John the disciple says that um, the law came by Moses, grace and truth by Jesus Christ. He brought grace. Um, it's a gift to us that we don't deserve. 
But what the Catholic Church has tried to do is say, as Sean just said, confessions can bring about pardoning. But the other aspect of of it was not just, um, you know, the whole going in and confessing your sins to um, a priest. But it was also the sacraments. And so according to the if you were to take catechism right now at a Catholic church, they will teach you in the catechism that salvation is not just grace and faith alone, but it is also in keeping of the sacraments. And conveniently enough, the sacraments can only be administered to you by the priest. So you are then obligated to go to the church in order to receive the Holy Sacrament. And what I mean by that, in this case, in the Catholic sense, is the Eucharist, the body and the blood of Christ. And so there's no salvation without that. And that's just one sacrament. There's also another sacrament of baptism. That's also a sacrament, which is why babies get baptized at birth. And um, according to the Catholic Church, a baby that is not baptized goes straight to hell. And according to the scripture, that's not the case. Yeah. So they were teaching things that were completely extra biblical. And as a result, this 95 thesis came out. This is, this is one. Yeah. Let's just go through them. A few a- 81 of them. to be specific. 81 number 81. What does 81 say? This unbridled preaching of indulgences makes it difficult even for learned men to rescue the reverence, sorry, to rescue the reverence, which is due the Pope from slander or from the shrewd questions of the laity, which laity just means lay people, which means ordinary people, therefore not clergy, not ordained, not a priest. Everyday folk. I mean, what a statement to nail on the front door of a church. Uh, yeah, so so that everybody's clear. Like he wrote this down on this large parchment and w- w- traveled to St. Peter's Basilica and nailed this thing on the door. And he's like, look, y'all don't want to talk? Fine. Y'all don't want to have a debate? Fine. But you're going to at least read what I've got to say. Nailed that shit to the door. And one of them says, it's difficult for even learned men to rescue the reverence that is due the Pope from slander and shrewd questioning of lay people, ordinary yeah, people. Which is fucked up, right? I mean, Dang. the Catholic Church, and to summarize what Sean just read, they believe that in order to be the pulp, pulp, P-U-L-P. <laughs> Orange juice. <laughs> uh, the Pope, they believe, is infallible, infallible, and in, uh, in his judgment and his character and everything. Chosen, holier than thou. Yeah. Set so, apart. 
you cannot question his moral purity. You can't question his uh, his doctrine or what he believes that he's received from God, even if it contradicts Scripture. And I was about to say John Paul, not John Paul. That's actually Luther. one of the popes. <laughs> not John Paul, but Martin Luther. He's like, what the fuck is up with that? Are you going to say this dude who was born in sin, just like all the rest of us, is infallible? I keep saying infallible. The word is pronounced infallible. At least here in America, it's pronounced infallible. <laughs> At least here in Detroit, it's pronounced infallible. I keep saying infallible because it's an A with two L's afterwards. And uh, the stain lit, that's all. I no. mean, there's just, there's, I mean, there's literally 95 of these. You're going to let me drown on that one right there, huh? Huh? Let me drown. You're going to let me drown on that one, huh? You ain't even going to back me up. I'm just, right. I, I'm, I'm trying to it. read through these over and over and, and pinpoint which ones to talk about. And there's just so many because they're all good. All right. So, so if, we can, if you're still the, listening and this is intriguing at all, just literally Google 95 Thesis. And you can read them for yourself. Yeah, sure. But there's three that we can summarize, right? Um, uh, three main ideas. You can look this up and, and click on a link just like I just did. There's three that are very important as we're, you know, uh, you know, we're 60 minutes in. One, salvation is by faith alone. All right. It's by grace through faith. That we've established on this podcast over and over again. And it's important because even though we're unchurched, we're part of the unchurched community. We maintain our faith. We uh, believe the, the second point here, that the Bible is the only authority. We believe that the Bible is the authority for salvation, for Christianity, it tells us everything we need to know about God. It tells us everything we need to know about the Trinity, you know, you know, the, the five essentials in Scripture, like uh, on and on and on. There's everything concerning the Christian faith. The Bible is the authority, not the History Channel, not some archaeological dig up or something like that. Those 66 books. That's what, as Christians, we believe is the authority. And then the third ideal that he, that he pushed was that the priesthood is of all believers. Paul told us in, the, in, the, in Corinthians that we are, or in Hebrews, rather, and it's debatable whether or not it was Paul who wrote it, but we are a royal priesthood. The priesthood is of all believers. And therefore, what he means by that is that when it comes down to our authority in Christ, we all have the same authority. We share the authority of Christ. Not one person has authority over you besides Christ. Now, I understand you can, you know, I understand Ephesians. Chapter 4, which talks about 
you know, God gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, right? He gave them all for the edification of the church. Contrary to even the Christian church belief and the Christian uh, church, at least in America, the Christian church in America's teaching and doctrine, he didn't give them for authority over you. He gave them for the edification of the church. That is what the scripture teaches us. That's what Ephesians says. Until we all come into the knowledge of the person of Christ. So we're all considered priests to God. Now, in the Christian church today, we consider that word priest completely different from the way that the scripture brings it out. So you've got these two authorities that were in the Old Testament. You had priests and prophets. Here's what's important for us to know. Uh, The prophets were the ones that were the mouthpiece of God. In other words, it was God speaking through the prophet to the people. The significance of the priests was that the priest's job was not to speak for God to the people. The priest's job was to speak for the people to God. And the reason why this third point is so important is that the priesthood is the priesthood of all believers now. Because of Christ, we're all considered a royal priesthood according to Scripture, according to the New Covenant, because of Christ. It's important that you consider yourself as part of the priesthood Because you don't need someone to talk to you, to talk to God for you. The veil has been torn. That veil that separated man from God, where only the priests were able to go in to communicate with God on behalf of the people. That time, that covenant is over. Now we're in the new covenant. You can go to God for yourself. You don't need someone to go to God on your behalf. This is what the new covenant teaches us. This is part of the new covenant. And that's what, that was a major issue. I would say a foundational issue that Martin Luther had with the Catholic church at that time. Because they were putting the priests above the people and saying, you know, the priests had to communicate for the people to God. It was locking the people in the Old Covenant. And that's a problem with the Catholic Church. They have locked people in the Old Covenant and not introduced them to the New Covenant that empowers them to be able to go to God for themselves. And when you say go to God, I just kind of want to drive home the point. Please do. Like, so... People would go in a temple, and the temple had separate parts. Yeah, outer court, and the part that the priest, and most holy of holies. Right. The part that the priest could only go into was known as the holiest of holies. Mm-hmm. And it was so holy in those times. And this is in scripture. You can read it. I ain't making this up. 
Yep. They would tie a rope on him. Yep. And a bell. (laughs) Yeah. Because if he did not sanctify himself enough, he could not stand in the holiest of holies in the temple. And he would die. To commune with God. Yep. Like, think about that for 2.5 seconds. So when we say the veil was ripped, the curtain, the separation between the innermost sanctuary of the temple, the holiest of holies, that only one person could go after completely sanctifying himself so well that just to make sure we're going to tie a bell and a frigging rope around you, because if you fall and you die, we got to pull you out. (laughs) Yeah. That... That's the thing that that was destroyed. It was ripped. Like, we can now go there and commune in the holiest of holies with God. That's a big fucking deal. It's a huge deal. So for, for Catholics or whoever else to still say, nah... Listen, let me take care of this for you, huh? <laughs> You're not qualified. I know a guy. <clears throat> and here Luther is uh, saying... I know a guy. Bullshit, bro. Yeah. Here, here's one of his questions. Why does not the Pope empty purgatory for the sake of holy love and the dire need of souls that are there if he redeems an infinite number of souls, which is what they taught for the sake of miserable money with which to build a church question mark. The former reason would be most just the latter is most trivial. He nailed that on the fucking front door of the church. (laughs) He nailed it there. Luther was a badass, bro. Yeah, he was for sure. Yeah. I mean, even if you read that and you didn't understand it, there had to be some some type of thought in your head. Wait a second. Some pause. You know what I'm saying? And then think about the Pope. How pissed off that motherfucker must have been. Yeah. Dude, number 80. Oh, God. I almost want to just read the whole thing. but I, Dude, just that's go. what I'm saying. There's, it's I so know, hard to it's, pick and choose. It's 95. It's 95 of them. It's hard to pick and choose, right? But 78 says, okay, 77. To say that even St. Peter, if he were now Pope, could not grant greater graces is blasphemy against St. Peter and the Pope. We say, on the contrary, that even the present Pope, or any Pope whatsoever, has greater graces at his disposal, that is, the gospel, spiritual powers, gifts of healing, etc., to say that the cross emblazoned with the papal coat of arms and set up by the indulgence preachers is equal and worth 
to the cross of Christ is blasphemy. <laughs> that is so powerful. And yeah, he man. says, and, and then number 80, the bishops, curates, and theologians who permit such talk to be spread among the people will have to answer for this. I mean, dude, Martin Luther had a set of brass. <laughs> a humongous set of brass. He probably nailed that that nail in with his fucking dick, dude. He was just like, what douche, what douche, what douche. Read that. <laughs> oh, God. Dude, Forgive me, but that's he had to have. Dude, the brass he had to have. <clears throat> He's like, look, man, if, if you really truly believe that the Pope has the power to pardon you, then he has more power than the cross of Christ. Which he addresses in 86. He says again, why does not the Pope, whose wealth is today greater than the wealth of the richest, <clears throat> and I think he names a king. Yes. Build this one. Uh, yeah, I always say it wrong. Of St. Peter with his own money rather than with the money of poor believers? Question mark. Yeah. You're, you're taking it. You're, you're doing the opposite of Robin Hood. Instead of taking money from the rich, you're going to take it from the poor. In order to beautify the sanctuary of the rich, it's he was Robin Hood because he was Robin the Hood. Oh, I see what you did there. I like that. It's very poetic, <laughs> poetic justice, right there, bro. I got it. There's I got just you. if you're still listening again, because we've been on this for a minute. I mean, just Google it. And read it, think about it. Yeah. Do some more research. I mean, it's fascinating when yeah. you really understand what this man did and in the time he did it and to who he did it to, mm -hmm. knowing that it wasn't just going to be like, oh, whatever. Yeah. So, so if you're, if you're wondering, like, it's Halloween, why are we talking about this? It's uh, it's a very simple answer. October thirty first, fifteen seventeen, is when he wrote it. <laughs> or uh, maybe he wrote it. You know, it maybe probably took him some days to write it, but he nailed it to the door of the church on October thirty first, fifteen seventeen, with his and bag of is, candy after he trick or treated. <laughs> this is the anniversary. <clears throat> this is uh what 500 and this is the 500 and uh 20 504th anniversary of if my math is correct 1517 to 2021 you're the engineer bro i just make videos yeah 504th anniversary of the 95th or 95th thesis written by the great 
church reformer, Martin Luther. And we've talked about this before. He has a book out that he wrote on the catechism that is, you know, again, 500 years old. Um, That is probably one of the greatest books I've ever read that explains the essential doctrines of the church in such a way that is so easily digested and understood. Um, Martin Luther explanation or I was just looking at the book. His explanation of the catechism and by catechism it's it's the the essential doctrines of the church. Mind you, it's something that is not taught in churches today. And even the, the you know, if even if you went to the Catholic Church to learn a catechism, you're going to get a whole bunch of shit in there that is not essential doctrines. It may be essential to the Catholic Church, but it's not ex- essential to the to the doctrine of the Bible. And I'll stand on that and you can fight me on it. I don't care. Email me at Michael at unchurchpod dot show. Is that my email? <laughs> Check out our website. You can find it. You no, said I said it right. Pod? I said it right. <laughs> Michael. <laughs> Michael at unchurchpodcast dot show. You know. You want to debate it out? Let's debate it out. We'll on the podcast. Let's talk about it. But um, yeah, it it is not the same. There's a lot of extra biblical shit in there that is not necessary for salvation. <gasps> Excuse me. Bless you. All right, we got to cut that out. Yeah. Anyway. Thanks for listening. Um, you can check out our website, like we just mentioned a few seconds ago. It's unchurchedpodcast.show. And uh, you can find our emails there. You can email us both or individually, however you want to do it. Uh, we will read it, we will respond. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in this at all, please let us know. You know what I'm saying? Also, if you don't want to help us or do anything else, all you got to do takes no time at all. Wherever you're listening, subscribe and just hit five stars. If you feel like leaving a review, please do so. It helps spread the word more than you know. So again, happy Halloween. Um, Yeah, we love you so long. So long, we love you. Peace.